That was a long 10 seconds, man. Jesus. Just enough time to pour <sighs> a drink. There you go. Hey, everybody. I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Today is 15 September, Friday. Friday. I'm Kimberly Adams, and it is very good to be here with you all. We made it. I feel like it's worth celebrating every week. Um, yeah, but it's good kinda. to be here with you, everyone in our listening audience and our YouTube audience for our Friday happy hour or economics on tap, as we like to call it over here. We will, as we usually do, uh, do a little bit of news, uh, take a little break, uh, and then Drew is here for a round of Half Full, Half Empty. Uh, and we will, of course, as we do uh, before the news every Friday, do a little drinks. I'm, uh, I'm having water. I got stuff to do tonight. Copier glass. Fair. You know what's irritating about these copier glasses? All that frosting stuff is wearing off. So it's, anyway, whatever. Now, is that a, a manufacturing defect or just heavy use? No, I think it's heavy. It's heavy <laughs> rotation. My, my, my wife, um, since she doesn't listen to this podcast, I can certainly uh, feel free to say this. She likes to have a glass of water nearby. All, mm. At all times, which is great. She's she's very That's well hydrated. That's a very healthy thing. That's a very yes, healthy thing. Yes, except we have half-drunk glasses of water literally in every room in the house. That's so funny. I, like, moved two different half-drunk glasses of water yeah. off of my yeah. desk to make space for my cocktail yeah. accoutrement over here. And, and, and right every, every the now show. and then, every now and then I go on a binge and I pick them all up. And then every now and then I'm like, no, she can clean them up herself. And, you know, that's just, it's married life. What can I tell you, people? What can I tell you? Yes. I'm fascinated already in the chat that Pat Walsh says it's pawpaw margarita season again in Cincinnati. And also for you, Kai, at the grocery store today, they saw pumpkin spice Cheerios and pumpkin spice hand soap. Nice wow. knowing you, Pat. Please don't come back to the podcast anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But pawpaw paw margarita. I'm ex I'm interested in that. I do ha still have some pawpaw liqueur that I got last year. I feel like that plus tequila is a magical combination per that I can I can get down with. Per 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 perhaps <laughs> next week. I just saying. Perhaps next week. What? Are, but you're drinking perhaps water, so week. I'm drinking. I'm what do you call them? My kitchen cocktails. Um, yes. <laughs> where I just sort of see whatever I have around, and in this case. It was a uh, St. Germain spiced rum and pomegranate juice. And I'm trying, I was looking for something pretty for a garnish. And the only thing looking pretty in my garden after all this heat is my balm. So I'm, I, I put balm I'm in sorry, it. I'm sorry, you're what? what? Balm, B-A-L-M. Which is what? It's a herb. It's a type of herb. And there's really? lots of different types of balm. This one I think is called Monrovian dragon balm or something like that. What, what, it's what got do you all do sorts of medicinal. Um, I look at it because it's pretty. In theory, I could do lots of things with it, but it makes flowers and the pollinators like it and it smells nice in the garden. Oh, bless you, Jasper. <laughs> That's so interesting. I have never heard of balm as an herb. The only balm I've ever mm -hmm. heard of is lip balm. balm of Gilead? Oh, no. Nope, not not bomb of Gilead. That's very religious. Okay, uh, what else do we have? I'm gonna look in Discord. You can have a look in the chat. Let's All right. So see. a lot. Uh, well, we we brought up lots of pumpkin spice. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Bleepity bleep bleep. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Sam Adams Oktoberfest in Iowa for Jarathan. Melissa McCarty Three Floyd's Robert the Bruce Scottish style ale. Excellent. 
Uh, Ernest Bellamy, totally unrelated. Is it me or are the webcams giving late 90s, early 2000s dial-up clarity? I don't know. Mine's pretty clear, Ernest. <laughs> oh, <that>. no. <laughs> uh, That's not good. Yeah. Tom Beck um, tells me that glasses are no longer etched. They use epoxy paint now. Hmm. Oh. Well, that stinks. Uh, Tim in the Discord has a nice photo that he shared of uh, the screen with the two of us on it and an atomic pumpkin beer in the foreground. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tamara's having a huh. diet Pepsi so that she doesn't eat the cupcakes in her refrigerator. I mean, I would not judge. And um, Snooth from Las Cruces, Ancho Margarita, classic margarita, but substituting Ancho Reyes chili liqueur for tequila. Now that's fair. I'm loving all of these different additions with tequila to margaritas because since I do have non-alcoholic tequila, I can use the non-alcoholic oh, tequila with all these different things and make like a half as boozy but still flavorful drink. So I'm, I'm going to have go. to try this out. Ancho Reyes chili liqueur and pawpaw liqueur. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. All right. One, one more. And this is, this is just an update on the bomb. Uh, B. Patton says in the YouTube chat, uh, a chiefly Mediterranean perennial herb, Melissa officinalis, in the mint family grown for its lemon-scented foliage, which is used as a seasoning for tea. Or for Why, tea. thank you. I will, well, you I will something new in this give it a shot. Today. And you know what? It, it's actually a nice little extra layer of flavor Sorry. on my cocktail. I'll take it. That's good. I, I don't know who on our podcast staff is running uh, the Marketplace APM um, uh, thing in the YouTube chat, but you're fired Ooh. for saying it's officially pumpkin spice season, y'all. I just, uh, mm. yeah. I actually don't have the power to fire anybody at this place, which I, I always <laughs> love. It's very handy not to have any power. And Anywho, so it looks like I'm the one who's low res in video, but um, oh. that's okay. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Uh, you All first. Right, I mean, we've got two Washington All Post right. stories, so okay. why don't you go? So, so, so mine is on the lighter side, and it's a random thing that I saw floating around on my socials, and it just kind of bewilders me. It's a story from the Washington Post about how apparently men think about ancient Rome and the Roman Empire like all the time. This is inspired by a TikToker in Scandinavia, I think, who tweeted something out. It caught on. And this woman got a TikTok and asked her uh, partner how often he thinks about uh, the Roman Empire. And he said all the time. And it kind of like amplified from there. And lots of men on lots of show so socials are saying that they think about the Roman Empire all the time. I'm a reasonably history-minded man. And I don't think about the Roman Empire at all. And I just find it absolutely bewildering. Totally bewildering. Yes, but I... So I wonder if it has to do with all the like Roman era movies and things that came out for mm -hmm. a while, like May The well. Gladiator and uh, The 300 right. was the Spartans. So that wasn't Rome. Yeah. But I wonder how well people know that difference. I don't know. I actually think about ancient Rome quite a bit myself and I'm not a man. But, um, wait, <laughs> wait, what? I do, because I'm always thinking about the bread and circuses uh, analogy um, in terms of where we are in, in the economy. Wow. Um, wow. So for people who don't know, uh, I don't even know who said it, but at some point in time, the Roman Empire was like super far flung and stretched out and the Roman citizens were 
paying all these taxes to maintain these armies all over the world. And it wasn't a great system and the empire was like fracturing at the seams, but the leadership basically figured out that as long as they kept people well fed and entertained, they would let the government do whatever they wanted. And so there's this idea of bread and circuses. You have your gladiator matches and all that other stuff, keep people occupied with bread and circuses and government can do what they like. Wow, wow. And we are very well-fed and entertained in the United States of America. That's right. That's right. Anyway, that's that's my somewhat frivolous news. You go ahead. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that was frivolous. I thought that was interesting. I learned something new, too. Okay. I also have a Washington Post story that is on its face a little frivolous, but actually um, talks about something a lot deeper. So there's this big story uh, about celebrity teeth and how perfect the teeth of the modern celebrities happen to be perfectly white, perfectly even, no variation in color, even though natural teeth tend to have like the front two teeth a little bit lower than the rest of them. Celebrities teeth are all perfectly like straight line. And it goes into how much money and all of the work that is necessary to get these smiles and how it is pushing yet another unrealistic beauty standard out into the world because it's so expensive and often unhealthy uh, Mm. for people to get what's usually veneers, which means that Mm -hmm. you have to like shave off a little bit of the outside of your tooth and put a cap on it. And that's not great for most people if you have healthy teeth. And Americans are already like obsessed with the perfect smile and and this is just taking it to another level. Um, But just looking at how much people pay for these smiles, like you can get into the tens of thousands of dollars, if not the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, There's also a game here where you can look at the smile and try to guess which celebrity it belongs to. And, you know, fun fact, uh, one of the first jobs that I ever had with a paycheck was uh, sort of helping out at a dentist office because my neighbor across the street was a dentist and she let me like you know, help clean up in the office for like some extra money. And I saw up close and personal what happened because that was in the era in St. Louis and, and many other places when gold teeth were very popular. Oh, wow. And yeah. Yeah. let me tell you, you do not want to know what's underneath when you take those gold teeth oh. off or. Oh. No. Yeah. So, and, and you know, the grills were very popular and it was yeah. not fun times once those things came off. And I have yeah. to imagine it's, uh, you know, veneers are great for some people, but it's not always a solution. And most people's yeah. smiles are fine. Although I will take this moment to point people to the episode of This is Uncomfortable, where Rima talks about um, and talk to this woman where how teeth are an um, income status marker in the United mm-hmm. States and how it's like a shortcut for did you have money growing up? And if not, you know, as an adult, your teeth can really hold you back if, if you don't have the air quote perfect smile. And so hmm. anyway, very fascinating piece for sure. Yes. Yeah, totally. Huh. Well, there smile we go. big for us, Kai. We want to see. <laughs> That's what I got. All right. Well, that is it for the news. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Drew Jostad is going to lead us in the wonderful game of Half Full, Half Empty. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. 
from experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. All right, half full, half empty is the game. Drew Jostad is the man in charge. Drew, you may begin. Are you half full or half empty on the disappearance of G-rated movies? So this was uh, a piece that we read in the New York Times that I interviewed the the journalist about. Basically, G-rated movies have disappeared from mainstream cinema, except like a couple of them. Um, and it's kind of wild. I think it's a little sad, actually. Uh, I used to enjoy uh, clever G-rated movies that had a little something for the parents, and now it's kind of all PG, and that's fine, too. You know, whatever. But it'd be nice to have a little family movie thing. So I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm going to go half empty because now I'm, like, a little bit paranoid to watch some movies with, you know, my nieces or nephews because it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's a kid movie. It's PG, not G. Like, do I have to be worried or is it going to be okay? And I know my sister is always trying to, like, watch movies first and, and judge whether or not they're actually, the children's movie is actually going to be appropriate for children. So I'm going to say yep. half empty. Yep, totally. Half full or half empty on the Birkenstock IPO. Oh, Mitchell did this story. It was about IPOs in general, not just Birkenstock. I did not know, first of all, that the company, uh, whence Birkenstock comes, was founded in 1774, something in Germany. Also, that it had been owned by a private equity firm for a while, uh, but now it's going public. Uh, look, I, I don't wear them, but a lot of people do. And if going public gets them access to the capital markets and they can expand and grow, then sure. I'm half empty. I just don't like the way they look, no matter how many colors, no matter how many varieties. And I find far too many people wear them with sandals and it bothers me. And I just, you mean, I can't you mean with deal. socks? You mean with yeah, socks? Yeah, sorry, with socks. Right. Yes, it's, it's yeah. the socks with sandals thing. I just, I can't, I can't deal. So half empty because I don't want to see more of that in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm amused you are out there with that take. Good for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have the strong el- feelings about socks with sandals. <laughs> totally fair. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. <laughs> the aluminum can for limited edition limited edition Coca-Cola Y3000 says it is futuristic flavored and co-created with artificial intelligence. Are you half full or half empty? I, I know nothing about that story. 
Yeah, neither. But but I, but I will say off the top of my head, it is bunk. Just please, soda with artificial mm. intelligence creations. Shut up. Half empty because it's bogus. Also, well, all you I'm gonna get have off my lawn. <laughs> different take altogether. Half full because I feel like um, corporations experimenting with ways that. AI can be used in food production and developing new flavor profiles is, you know, another rollout of the technology that could, you know, who knows at some point yields um, the same kind of technology that helps us with medical discoveries or scale up technology that helps us, you know, maybe make the most out of existing materials and flavors without, you know, cutting down palm forests and, and clear cutting and all the other harms of industrialized mm -hmm. food. And so if there's a way to um, use AI to not cause harm, as long as it's not like the AI secretly, you know, trying to poison us, I'm, I'm going to go half full because I feel like we're in a stage with AI where we got to try a lot of things hopefully not die in the process and ideally fingers crossed come out for the better so all right fair enough fair enough next topic according to the fda an ingredient in 80 percent of over-the-counter oral decongestants doesn't work are you half full or half empty on over-the-counter decongestants I'm well, staring I'm, I'm, at several boxes of it that I pulled out of my right. cold and flu and <laughs> sinus box in my closet because I get sinus problems all the time. And that's like half of my medicine cabinet. And I'm like, do I get a refund? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So annoying. How, how, how many of them had whatever that thing was in it? Pen, I don't even remember what it uh, was. I'd say about two thirds because. Um, that's funny. The other one that I take has the actual pseudoephedrine in it, which you have to go to right, the pharmacy right. and like show your ID to get. So if I'm in a hurry, right. I get the one that you don't have to go to the pharmacy to get. And I, so I end up with more of right. that. Um, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And now I'm like, well, should I even bother taking it until it's gone just for the, you know, placebo effect? <laughs> um, Right. And yes, Adam Adam first points out that they switched to this n new chemical that we now realize is useless because people were using the pseudoephedrine and the ephedrine and all those things to make meth. Actually, when I was a local reporter in TV, I covered that transition when they started pulling it off of the shelves because um, I was in Missouri and there was a lot of meth. Um, but anyway, I'm going to say all the way empty. Because I'm a sinus person, I have sinus problems. Yeah, I just, it just, I, you know, the panel of experts like years ago, like 15, 16 years ago, said it doesn't work and it just took the FDA 15 years. Come on, man. Uh, I'm half empty. Don't need to waste time on stuff that doesn't work. Or All right, we got a poll? <laughs> yes. All right, we got a okay, poll. Okay, so. Folks in the YouTube chat, get ready. Those of you who are watching and able to engage with the YouTube chat, because we know that there are others as well. Okay. Half full or half empty on the Instant Pot? Huh. So uh, this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the story is about how like the Instant Pot, the company that made Instant Pot is really struggling because people bought lots of Instant Pots during the pandemic, right. but 
it's a durable uh, little machine there. And once you have one, you don't really need another one. And I guess they missed the planned obsolescence um, memo that the rest of corporate America oh, wow. has been operating on. And so if, if this is the same, um, same story that I'm thinking of. Uh, and so, yeah, it was like the very popular thing. Oh, yeah. Why did the Instant Pot go out of style? Um, oh, there was an obituary for the Instant Pot uh, that oh, one of the reporters uh, did in the New Yorker magazine. Um, I think that a lot of us were experimenting with different ways of cooking during um, the worst of the pandemic. And mm -hmm. the Instant Pot was very amenable to that. And um, so lots of people bought one you, i i was i have one and and do you use it i do i use it because i bought it because my rice cooker broke and my good friend was like well if you're going to get another rice cooker you may as well get an instant pot because it does all of these other things and i did that and i still pretty much use it as a rice cooker i huh. will occasionally like make a stew but not more often than I make a stew on the stove. Right, um, right, right. But I believe I would, in theory, be able to make yogurt in it, which is apparently a thing. Um, I, hey, Ooh. it's it's a thing. Ooh. Other Homemade people do yogurt. it, and they they say it's it's great. Uh, you know, like my same friend, she uses it for yogurt all the time. She uses it to make stock. She uses it to make um, flavored syrups, which I may do this winter because you know I like a good flavored syrup in my cocktail. I do. And so, I do. you know, I, uh, but I have a very. Yeah. Small you want to make kitchen, dried beans so. without soaking them? That's what I use mine for. See, I'm not, a, I'm not a beans fan. Yeah. <laughs> huh. You don't have to soak it overnight. Um, I'm clearly missing something because we don't have an Instant Pot. I don't know what I would do if I had one. Also, I don't need more stuff on my kitchen counters. And we don't have a lot of storage space in our kitchen because it's a very old house. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it loses out, honestly. So um, in the chat, there's lots of things that we can apparently do for lots in of with Instant Pot. Yes. Steamed artichoke. It steams artichokes, um, pasta, and soups. Um, Lee in Maryland also agrees with Drew that it's great for cooking beans, um, fresh beans, to soak beans, <laughs> beans, wow. beans. Uh, and somebody is saying the air fryer is next for the obits. Uh, I believe it's the same thing as a convection oven, right? An air fryer, Couldn't which is it's just like a stovetop convection, which has been around. Um, oh, Barbara Monaghan points out something interesting about the yogurt. Homemade, yo homemade yogurt, instead of buying all those plastic containers that they only say they can recycle. So there we go. Yes, lots of there stock recommendations. Okay, I am all going right. to go um, half empty because that's a big piece of machinery that's going to create a lot of waste if everybody who bought an instant pot chucks it so i hope that people can get as much use out of it as they can before they send it into the abyss or at least gift it to like a broke college student or something like that like they did with the old yeah. church farming girls yeah. so uh the poll is uh 56 half full 43 half empty with 165 votes i honest to pete don't have an opinion i don't know enough to have an opinion hmm. I, I guess i'm half empty because i don't need another thing on my kitchen counter that's where I am. But I mean, I think that would make you half full on the demise of the Instant Pot. Oh, yes, I suppose it would. You're right. Read the RTFQ, yes. Kai. RTFQ, pal. 
<laughs> okay, well, that is all we have for today. <laughs> uh, you know. <clears throat> Sorry. Oof. Anywho. Boy. Anywho. So, uh, questions, comments, you know how to get to us. Uh, voicemail is 508-UBE-SMART. Email is uh, make me smart at marketplace.org. We will read them and get them on the pod. Read them and weep. Uh, we are going to be back with you on Monday. And in the meantime, if you enjoy watching this live stream on YouTube, I bet you would enjoy watching our new series on Marketplace. It's Amy Scott's new series. It's a video series called Burning Questions. So Amy hosts uh, How We Survive for us and they have this new series called burning questions it's a video first series and it explores some of these like pressing questions about solutions to the climate crisis and who knows maybe one day we can get them to do something on yogurt cups um the first mm -hmm. episode however <laughs> is all about fast fashion something else we throw away a lot of and whether we can still be fashionable and save the planet and remember we had that conversation about toxic fashion and so as toxic mm -hmm. as it is for us fashion can also be toxic for the planet anyhow mm -hmm. we're going to link uh to the burning question series in our show notes and let us know what you think it's pretty cool Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Berg. Secret today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Our intern is Neil Farshabandi. Drew Jostad wrote the theme music for the game Half Full, Half Empty. The team behind Half Full, Half Empty is Emily McCune and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and today on demand. It's the gift that keeps on uh, yes. giving. It really is. Just today only, though. <laughs> Just today only. Tomorrow or Monday, Just who knows today. what you're going to be in Couldn't tell you. Couldn't who knows? tell you. A new adventure every week. That's right. That's right. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.